Uh, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Uh, we, as we've been looking at Romans chapter 8, we've really been looking at life now. What do we do? Uh, we're still a mess. Uh, at the end of chapter 7, he said, O wretched man that I am, uh, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? And uh, he acknowledged that it was Christ and Christ doing in him what could not be done uh, by himself. And, and then we start out in chapter 8. Uh, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we praise him. We're excited about that. We love it. Um, and yet uh, we struggle here in this life. He goes on to talk about um, just how, uh, how we struggle and the ways that we struggle with the flesh. And the, the flesh is not gone. And it's not going to be improved, nor is it going to be gone until uh, he takes us home or the end of this life. And um, how do we walk in the Spirit? And then last week we looked at uh, some of the difficulties of life. How life has, uh, we would call them circumstances, but, but God sees them as somehow part of His plan and that we struggle and we groan and the world groans, um, which brings us to today. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you. Um, I am going to... Uh, include last week's passage uh, starting in verse um, I know that cry let's start in verse 18 uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 18 I'd like to read to you um, really down through uh, verse 30 okay 18 through 30 For I consider that the sufferings of of this present time not worth comparing with the glory that is to be be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing uh, for the revealing of the sons of God. Uh, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and and obtain freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has uh, been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only uh, the creation, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Uh, Now hope that is seen is not hope. uh, For hope for what, uh, for, sorry. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows uh, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know uh, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose... For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that we might be the firstborn of many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. God, thank you for the rich word that I I got, your word that I got to read right now. And God, I just ask that you grant us your grace and mercy, strength, understanding, knowledge, and love for your word as we look at it now. Uh, God, give us understanding uh, that we might uh, see it as marching orders and fuel for our tank this week as we seek to serve you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. may be seated. Uh, so, the last section that I read this morning, I'm going to ha- 
Lord will handle that next week. And I just want to encourage you to come. Uh, some of you see that and you go, oh, it sounds like it's too difficult for me. Or uh, maybe, maybe he's going to disagree with me as we look at that. And so maybe I don't want to come. I just want to encourage you. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Uh, we're not talking about your ideas or my ideas. Uh, we're trying to hear from God. And this is what we try to do all the time, is just try to hear from God. And so as we walk through this together, um, I just want to encourage you to uh, drink deeply, uh, to let God speak into your life, to not push him away, to not have our own ideas, but rather love the word of God that we might hear from it. Uh, this morning, uh, we are looking at a passage um, that's going to be super helpful for us if we can grasp it, if we can understand it. And it is going to take a bit of precision. Um, it, it's not, you know, just a simple cursory look at it and we say, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. But rather to, to really get the pieces of God's word that we can this morning, uh, that it might encourage our hearts and really instruct us. Um, I, it's interesting, most of you know this, but we have a pretty small sanctuary here, and uh, I, I know a lot of you very well, um, some of you that makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it makes me feel uncomfortable that you know me very well, too, okay? Um, and so, there we are. Uh, that's family, right? But I, I realize that many of you are going through difficult times. And I realize the world's a crazy place. Uh, Ron uh, prayed for Ukraine. And does everyone understand what's going on over there? I'm glad none of you said, oh, yeah, I understand. Uh, I don't think we do understand. I think it's a bunch of governments doing terrible things. And uh, the, the people of the land that is being fought over are suffering right now. Um, and, you know hate to say it out loud, but I'm going to, uh, the United States government is involved doing horrible things, doing horrible things. Um, and so we, we live in that kind of world, but that's not what I'm talking about, right? Most of us, you know, the stuff like that bothers us, but the stuff that really bothers us is the stuff that's happening in our world, right? In our family, uh, with our kids and our grandkids or maybe in our marriage or maybe in our finances or maybe in our health. And it's the stuff right here. It's the stuff right here. And, and what we're trying to do, and maybe the reasons you rolled in this morning, is we're trying to make sense of it all. And I, I want to tell you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with him, uh, God has something to say, and it's not just a little thing he has to say. It's, it's a magnificent thing that he has to say to you. Instructions for your life right now. And I, I want to say this, too, before I get rolling. It's not if you've done, you know, some of you in your mind, you say, well, I haven't done everything right up to this point. I've messed up royally. Pastor, you don't know what, what's in my past. And I said, I don't. But God does. He does. And as he wrote uh, through Paul, the book of Romans, he had those things in mind. He had those things in mind. That he wasn't limiting his power and his work in your life to the sins and mistakes and failures and seasons of sin that you participated in. He wasn't limiting uh, his work in your life to what you could mess up. And so uh, there's a lot of excitement and encouragement in today's message as we hear from God. We start this morning, and I, I just want to remind you uh, that last week we said, uh, we looked at verse 18, and it kind of headed off this section of groanings. But he said, he, he didn't consider verse 18 Consider that the sufferings of this present time were not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And, and what he was saying was that 
whatever's going on right here, the, the, the worst stuff that could be going on down here right now, the present problems, the present uh, hurts, are nothing close to what is going to come, that, that God has for us in the future. And I, I would even say that chapter 8 is talking about life right now, looking forward to that which the Lord has prepared for us and what he will do in us that is to come. And this is his plan. It's taking us from where we are here to being glorified with him forever. So last week we looked at these sufferings and these, these sufferings are present. I want to remind you, as I did last week, that uh, don't be so foolish as to say I'm a child of God, I should not experience suffering. You know? Uh, you watch too many television preachers, and I guess I'm a television preacher too. I'm a Facebook preacher. Actually, YouTube now. I'm a YouTube preacher on the YouTubes. Um, you, you might watch something on there, and somebody might be very eloquent and very convincing, and be talking about, if you love God, nothing bad will happen to you. And he'll take away all your bad things. And I, I want to tell you that Paul didn't believe that. As God inspired Paul to write, he said, I want to tell my people something. This is what I want to tell them. There's sufferings in this life. And the, the most difficult sufferings of this life can't be compared to the glory that is to come. That's what he said. And so this morning we pick up our, our passage. Uh, you skip down to verse 26, 26. Paul writes this. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Verse 26, uh, I just titled that, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us. And, and sometimes we struggle with the Holy Spirit uh, in the sense of we don't have as much information. Uh, the New Testament is really focused on the, the work of Christ, the work of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is less than, not in a, in a sense of the deity, but just in uh, um, parts of the, the scripture are written. It's less about the Holy Spirit than about Jesus so sometimes we struggle with where is the role of the Spirit, and this passage is going to give us some of the Spirit's work in our lives. In verse 26, it says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Let's start there. Uh, where are we in this passage? We're the weak ones, right? In our weaknesses, and even as we have thought through the word uh, the flesh, earlier in the book of Romans, what is the, the main characteristic of us in our flesh? It is not that it is sinful, it's that it is weak. It is weak. And so when you think of yourself, apart from Jesus, what should you think? I'm weak. Um, and I, I would say it this way, not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. You and I are not to be trusted uh, apart from Jesus, apart from the work of God. And so it, it says, uh, it makes a declaration, verse 26, God tells us something about ourselves. It says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And so as we look at the Spirit of God in this passage, we can say this with confidence. The Spirit is our helper. The Spirit is our helper. And he's going to give us one specific way that the Spirit helps us. I want, uh, I want you to remember that, though, as you go about your life and as you think about your weak self going about your life this week. You need the Holy Spirit's help in the midst of what you do. You need the strength and the encouragement. And even in this passage, in ways you don't know, uh, you need the Spirit's work in our I need the Spirit's work in my life. It's interesting the way Paul even writes. He says he helps us. He helps us. Well, who's Paul including there? His apostolic self, right? 
He's saying, yeah, you know, me and my, you know, I'm a writer of scripture and like I, I am a big deal. I'm an apostle. I need the Spirit's work. Helps me in my weakness. I want to tell you that um, when you get overwhelmed in this world, uh, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Uh, God has never intended you to handle this life on your own. He's never intended that. And so the idea of the Spirit helping you and you needing help um, is, is appropriate. So in our humanity, uh, the Spirit is there to help us. Help us in what? In, in verse 26, I, I think that that's a general principle. The first part there helps us in our weakness, which is weakness is everywhere. But then he says something specific. He says, for we do not know... What to pray for as we ought. And, and I, wonder, I wonder as we think about prayer, uh, do you know how to pray? Do you know how to pray? Uh, remember Jesus' disciples, they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Why did they say that? Because the idea of prayer is difficult for us to get our head around, right? It's, it's not a... So much a two-way conversation where you get immediate feedback, right? It's not like talking to your mom or your dad or, or your siblings and there's even arguments involved in it, right? There's not this audible voice that we have. And so for, for us, the idea of prayer is different and it was for his disciples. And now as he looks at the believer and he says to the Romans, he says, uh, he brings up this one specific area of weakness. He says, for we do not know what to pray, to pray for as we ought. Some of you might think right now and you say, well, I know how to pray. I know how to pray. You just say whatever's on your mind. Uh, and that's true. That's true. You know, he, he hears our cries, right? Uh, we looked earlier and we'll look at it again. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, he says, Abba, Father. And so it sets up that, that daddy relationship, right? And, and children to their, to their father, their daddy, they, they don't clean anything up. They just say it, right? That said, um, sometimes we think of our prayers as orders, you know, that you know, we're going into the coffee shop, Right? And this is what I want. This is what I want. Pay close attention. Because I like this kind of milk and not that kind of milk. And I want it at this temperature. And I want about this much foam on it. And I, I want it with sweetened, but not with sugar. I want the fancy stuff. And, and you, there's all these descriptions. And what you're saying, as you go for this you know, high-maintenance coffee that you, you've just ordered, what, what you're saying is, this is what I want, this is what I need. And I know, I just ordered it. And sometimes we think of our prayers like that too. God, you want to hear from me? Get ready. I got some stuff to say. I've got a list of things that I want, and these are the things I need, and this is what color I want, and this is when I want it to show up, and this is when, like, I'm looking at the mess of my life right now, and I know the best way to fix it. Let me help you, God. These are my prayers. I want to tell you that as we pray, um, and do you ever listen to your prayers? Do you ever listen to yourself pray? And, and I, I realize he wants to hear us pray. But do you realize that sometimes our prayers sound like we're bossing him around? Or, or they sound like a, a child, you know, talking about, you know, make-believe and Martians and things flying and do things that, you know. You know sometimes our prayers sound childlike. And so as he, he describes 
the believer's weakness, he says, the Spirit helps us in our prayers. In our prayers. Why? Why do we need help praying? Well, he, he doesn't describe much of it, but he says this. We, we don't even know how to pray. <laughs> we, we don't even know what to, what to really ask for. And like, you know, and, and, and I hope you find yourself in that place. That God, you say, God, this is what I want. I, I, I'll acknowledge that to you, God. This is what I want. I don't know if that's what you want. I, I want it to show up on Tuesday, but maybe that's not your timing. I, I'd like to see this situation fixed in this way, in this day, in this time. But like, I, I realize, God, that I'm just your child and you're my heavenly father. And I just know what I want. Even sometimes I don't even know what's best for me. And, and so I, I want you to get a, 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 a settled in your mind and heart that our prayers are struggling prayers. And the Apostle Paul, as he talks about one of the ways the Spirit helps us, an important and, and I think it's important to connect it to the prior passage, which was sufferings, groanings, right? Sufferings and groanings. In the midst of difficult times, many times we cry out to God, and we should cry out to God. But most of the time, as we're crying out to God, we don't really know how to sort all that out in prayer. And he says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is what I think is important, but uh, the reality is I don't know how to pray as I cry out to Him. In the middle of verse 26, he says, For, for we do not know what to, uh, what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What does that mean? <laughs> right? Well, uh, l- let, me, let me break down what, what we can. What we can. First of all, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is involved in the prayers of the believer. We'll get into the specifics of this being just the believer. I, I want you to hear this. Um, it's, I want you to know this, and it's, it's important that you know this. If you don't have a relationship with God right now, um, that's your first step. That's the most important thing in your life. It's It's not like there's any other issues that you can work on with God apart from that. Okay, it's first things first, you being part of his family, you acknowledging him as God, you acknowledging yourself as a sinner and your need for his only, his only salvation for you, his son, Jesus, his only fix for your sin problem. But this passage is talking about just how the Spirit works in the life of his, God's children. He, he says this, he says, uh, but the Spirit himself, meaning personally, it's, it's underlining this personal, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The, the idea of interceding is going before or being a part of that... Um, interaction with God. It's interesting. It's a similar word that we see of Jesus, right? That Jesus is our intercessor. And when it comes to salvation, that there's accusations against us, right? Our sins accuse us. But Jesus intercedes and goes before the Father on our behalf. And now we see uh, the third uh, person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, doing a similar thing in prayer, in prayer, intercedes for us. Well, um, why do we need intercession? Well, it's not, um, it is not because uh, our sins are ever before us, right? That's already been taken care of by Jesus. Why is it that the Spirit intercedes for us? 
It's because we don't know how to pray. I think about this often where um, you, you have uh, kids that they'll be together and you know, family with older kids and younger kids. And the younger child will be, you know, let's say they're three or something like that. And they're standing there and kids kind of stand like this a lot of times. And they're three and they're just kind of toddling right there. An adult would ask a three-year-old a question and they would just start, uh, you know, they'd just be Babylon. And the older one, what would the older one do? Oh, they want a grape juice. <laughs> uh, oh, they're tired right now. And they'll speak for them because they can't speak. And you get the picture here that the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks for, and I don't want to say interprets, but the idea of, of connecting with the problem of the heart of the one, translating it to the Father. Not that the Father does not know, but that the Spirit helps in the communication uh, of the, the difficulties of the hearts of men and women. I want to I say this too, that I hope you caught that word, uh, groanings, groanings. Uh, some have translated this or seen that as that there's something um, mystical and spiritual, like a, a deep groaning that's some kind of a communication of the spirit that uh, is kind of... Uh, uh, miraculous I want to tell you I don't believe that that's that that at all why the context the context you go through the context and you look at last week where what we see that word right that the world is groaning the creation is groaning right and then it says you know the hearts of a people are groaning and then now it says that the Holy Spirit takes those, and and I get the picture of it being like this, if you can follow with me. It says, groaning's too deep for words. Does the Spirit have anything to groan about? Hard to answer, right? if, If God is groaning about something, what is he groaning about? I want to tell you, I I want to connect this for you because I believe that he's saying the world's groaning, God's people are groaning, and now the Spirit of God takes the groanings of his people and and brings them to the Father, helps communicate, communicate the groanings of man. And and it says this, it's not in words, it's not in words. Uh, many people have said, oh, this is some kind of uh, spiritual language. I don't believe that it is. Why? It's too deep for words, right? It's not words itself. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's more, I, I want to say, I don't want to say mysterious. It's like harder to understand than that. And, and you get this picture here, and we don't have a whole lot of information. We just have uh, the words that you see before you. But it says that in our weakness, in our difficulty of not knowing how to pray, that the Spirit himself is in there with us, interceding for us with these issues, these groanings that are too deep for words. Which brings us to number two, and I'd say it this way. The Spirit intercedes. I picked it up from the last verse as well. It's repeated twice. Verse 27, he says, And he who searches hearts knows what is... is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What you have here uh, is the one who searches hearts, most likely the Father. And as you uh, as you see this, knows the mind of the Spirit. Why does the Father know the mind of the Spirit? It's the same. It's the same. It's the same mind. They have the same mind together. They are different persons, but they agree. They are of the same mind. The Son as well, right? They're all of the same mind. And what you get here is this Trinitarian picture in the midst of struggling, weak, redeemed, redeemed humanity. 
Verse 27, he says he searches the hearts. The one who knows uh, hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. He knows the hearts of man, but he also knows the mind of the Spirit. And as he says this, he says he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Once again, who, who is he speaking about? Is he speaking about all of humanity? No. He's talking about the ones that are his, the ones that are saints. I, I know uh, for those of you who grew up Catholic, when you hear that word saints, it kind of throws you for a loop there, right? I want to tell you in the New Testament, saints are just people that have been saved. It's not people that have died and we decided they were good people. In fact, if we were just looking for good people, it'd be hard to find. Very hard to find. Impossible. Um, especially if you knew, if, if really people really knew them. So we see here uh, that these are saints. These are God's people. And he intercedes for the saints. But what does it say? How does he intercede? So, um, this is, this is the part of prayer that we struggle with. Um, most of us have prayed for something that has not come to pass. Uh, maybe we've prayed for someone to get better and they passed away. And, and we prayed hard. Like it wasn't that we just casually mentioned it, you know, on the way to town or something like that. It's that we agonized over it. And maybe it wasn't just one time either. We, we agonized over it over a long period of time. Some of you over years. And you said, this is what, God, this is what I want you to do. And, and as you, you say that, and as you, you pray that, and as I have prayed that, um, we struggle with this idea that we are telling God what we want. And so when you tell someone what you want, what do you want them to do? Do it, right? And, and I, I, I want to I be real careful here, but I, I'll, yeah, Ginger with you, you know, careful with you. Um, when somebody doesn't do what you want them to do, how does that make you feel? When you don't get what you want, what happens? As you look at this and you see the intercession that the Spirit does on the behalf of the saints, we want to see this one thing, this very important thing, and I think it has to do with the whole passage, what went before it, what's going to come after it. It says, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. When you think of the will of God, uh, maybe you think of the plan of God. Maybe that's a word you think of, of what God wants to do, what he is doing. And I, I, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? Are you a person with a plan? Yes, you are. You may not have it written down. Some of you have it written down, right? You, you like writing it down, right? You like writing it down. And most of the time you leave it laying around the house so your siblings and the rest of your family can see what the plan is, okay? So they can jump in line with your plan. The, the idea, we have a plan. We have a plan. Do you think God has a plan? Yes, you, and some of you are nervous saying yes to that, right? Why? Because it may not be your plan, right? Cause, cause, and, and what happens when your plan and God's plan are not the same plan? Okay, sorry about that one. It says this, as the Spirit is interceding for us, He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. As you think through your prayers... We're struggling to understand the will of God. We're, we're throwing them out there as a child. We're stumbling over our words. We're not understanding what we should pray for. And what does it say the Spirit does and intercedes for us? How? Intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That's good news. That's good news. Now, 
I want you to, don't forget that. Don't forget what we just have gone over because it brings us to verse 28. Most of us have heard verse 28 before, right? We love it. We love it. It's great encouragement to us. When? When things go our way? Yeah. But when things don't go our way too, right? Because we go, oh, God's got a plan for this. There's, there's something going on. He's doing it. And I just have titled this God's plan. And I want, uh, I, I want to slow down and just uh, allow you to struggle with this. This idea here is that, that there's really only two plans. There's only two plans going on in the world right now. The first one, and I'll just say the first one. It could be the second one. But the first one is God's plan. It is the plan that God is working out. It's magnificent. It includes details we couldn't figure out, and so many of them. And uh, as part of his plan is you being here today and what God is doing and uh, here at Bear Valley Church and it's God's plan, and, and we're going to see next week God's plan from start to finish. That's what we're going to see next week. It's, it's just a couple of verses. It's really some significant words. We're going to see God's plan. And so that's, that's the first thing. It's, there's God's plan. And then the, the other plan is not God's plan. Not God's plan. And it's interesting, you know, that most of the world right now is following not God's plan. Not God's plan. And, and you say, oh, no, 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 there's many others. There's many others. There's this person's plan and that person's plan. And I say, yeah, not God's plan. And, and I want to I wanna warn you. It might be you and I here this morning that we're working out really hard to find, to, to work out not God's plan. We're trying to figure out how we can make it happen, you know. And, and we're even sometimes in prayer trying to convince God to not do his plan, but to do not his plan. Verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things. For those who are called according to his purpose. I, I, I want to bring out most all the, the things, the components of this. This God working together for good. And and. We love that idea, working together for good, right? We like to see um, messes turned into beauty, right? We love the idea of the details of our life coming together in a, in a beautiful plan of God that he would work that out. And we, we love the picture of that. We, we love how that comes together in our minds. But there's the verses bigger than uh, work together for good, Okay. And it's a struggle for us to get our head around this. And, 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 but I want to challenge us this morning that we would look deeply at the Word of God in context. First of all, it says, uh, for those who love God. For those who, who love God. Uh, who, who do you think he's talking about there? Those who love God. Uh, as you... Um, Go back, if you look up uh, in ver chapter 8, verse 15, you, you remember we looked at this last week. It says, uh, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery. I'm sorry, this was two weeks ago. Uh, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And you have this beautiful picture of us being outside uh, the family of God, now being adopted as children. He goes on to say, full heirs, heirs with Christ. But he gives this beautiful picture of adoption, and he says, adoption as sons, where we cry, Abba, Father. 
We have this intimate relationship, this intimate love relationship where God loves us though we were not his children outside because of our sin. He pulls us in close. He adopts us. He gives us life. He gives us position. He gives us redemption. Yet we would be called, we would be able to cry out to him as Abba Father and we have this love relationship with him. It's for those. It's for those. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, you can't say that all things work together for good. I, I mean, you, you can think they do. You can say they do. But actually, you're just going from one mess to another, to another, to another. And chances are, chances are, you know, the snowball is snowballing, right? One disaster leads to a bigger one, leads to a bigger one, leads to a bigger one. This is our life without Jesus. Is just growing in disasters. But he says, for the one who, those who love God, who have relationship with him, this love relationship with God, how does that happen? Through the work of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God indwelling us, changing us, walking with us in our weakness, right? In our weakness. For those who love God, he says, all things work together for good. Now, take a deep breath. Does the all things mean all things? I want you to think about that for a moment. Does the all things mean all things? Now, all things work together for good. Oh, you know, I, I, I was struggling in my life and things kind of came together and I met a friend who met a friend who, who knew somebody who lived up at Tehachapi and things kind of fell together and I didn't really plan it and all of a sudden I ended up living in Tehachapi and I love it up here. And it wasn't my plan. It must have been God's plan. And all things work together for good because I love Bear Valley Church. I met some great people and I'm walking with the Lord. I'm growing. So all things work together for good, like moving to Tehachapi, right? Yes, absolutely. God's involved in those plans and he works those together. But, but this is what we're going to struggle with, right? This is what we're going to struggle with. What happens if you get cancer? And, and let, let me be honest with you. Let, let me be very clear why I say that as a pastor. Um, most of you know that I was diagnosed with cancer this last year. I'd have surgery. They took a spare part out or something like that. And, uh, so far, so good, right? I say that. I say that because there are people in our midst right now who are struggling with cancer. Uh, I don't find myself struggling with it at the moment. You know, I, I don't find myself, but I know there are others who are. And, and you know what I assume? I assume that some of you are sitting right now, and don't, I'm not trying to wish this on anybody, you also will have diagnoses like this. And the question that you're going to come up with as you struggle in prayer, as you think about your relationship with God is my cancer, is this, God, is this part of the all things? Is it part of the all things? Because I can see, God, how you, you know, a baby's part of all things. And I can see, you know, moving to a nicer place. And I can see, even if we didn't have this on our radar, something good happened. I can see it, those being all things. But I, I'm struggling with this whole cancer thing being part of all things. Um, this is a very important piece of theology, a very important piece of how it is for us to live with Jesus. 
And some of you are are thinking through it right now. You're looking at things in your life and you say, are the all things, is my sickness part of the all things? Is my heartache part of the all things? You know, I'm struggling with burden of my children. I I struggle with relationship. I I know family members who have walked away from the Lord. How is my heartache part of the all things? What is it for you? What is the fill in the blank? My whatever. How does this how does this fit in to the all things? Wrote this in my notes, and so and this is so hard. This is so hard. Let's take it a step further. Maybe you were uncomfortable with that step. Let's take it a step further. What what about my sin? What about my sin? If I am God's child, I'm one of the saints that the Spirit intercedes for. How how does my sin, how does my sin somehow work together for good? Is that part of the all things? My, how I've dishonored you, Lord? Maybe it was my divorce. Maybe it was my abandoning my, my children. Maybe it was, you know, somehow uh, dishonoring your name in a grand way that many would hear. How does this all work together? I want to back up just a little bit, and I want you to uh, look at verse 28 again. Uh, we know, it says, and we know that uh, for those who love God, all things Work together for good. I want to make a, a, a very precise distinction. It doesn't say that all things are good. They're not, they're not good. Like there are many things that aren't good. Sickness is not good, right? It's, it's, it's a result of the fall. Uh, your fleshly deeds, my fleshly deeds are not good. They're not honoring to the Lord. And they don't somehow get baptized and be, get better, uh, Hey, I'm a Christian, you know, I'm a Christian sinner. And so now somehow my sins are like somehow good. They're not. Our wickedness is never good. But in the magnificence of God, the magnificence of God, as we have gracious relationship with him, that we're his children, even in our failings, he somehow takes those He somehow takes those and works them together for good. I don't know what that looks like. I don't always know how that all works together. But I want you to know it, that all things, okay? And so, uh, yeah, let's come back to that, okay? All things. I want to warn you about something now. Um, Do not, as a believer, think that your life doesn't matter now. Don't think that your life doesn't matter, the things that you do. Some of you are looking at this, well, if all things are, you know, somehow God's working in them, I can do my own thing and not care about what God thinks, and then he'll somehow work that into his magnificence. I want to tell you that's true, but know this, that there will be pain in your life because of it and misblessing, that uh, you, you, will, uh, you will have testimony of hurt you've caused to yourself and to others. And so for us to just remember that uh, we're always desiring to fall into the will of God, not into following after our own will, rejecting his plan. Just one other thing, and he's going to bring this out in the next couple of verses more. We'll hit it harder in the uh, next week. But he says, for those who are called according to his purpose. And the picture here is this, that God in salvation, he grabs people, he calls them. He says, come over here, I got a life for you. And, and, and what he is saying, he is calling you away from your life, your plans, that not his plan. He is calling you away from that and he says, can be a part of what I'm doing. Can be a part of my plan. 
And this is the picture of him working all things for good. It's his call on your life to bring you into his family, to use you for his purposes. I want to tie this up with three things uh, just to remind you of. We've already talked about these, so it shouldn't take too much long. The first thing is this, uh, your will or God's will. Your will or God's will. I, I think it's super important as you walk through this life that you're constantly asking the question of yourself. Um, there's those two plans, right? There's those two plans or those two wills. Which one am I concerned with right now? Am I concerned with my plan or not God's plan? Or am I concerned with God's plan? And you're constantly thinking, God, what are you doing? What is your plan? What is your will in this? Number two, and I put this second just so as we think about this, if you, if you look at those, those first couple of verses we looked at, we see ourselves as what? Needing the help of the Holy Spirit. Needing help. Needing, being weak, needing the help of the Holy Spirit involved in our life. I, I want to encourage you. Um, we should aggressively go after life for sure. But knowing that we are weak, knowing that we are weak and trusting the work of God in our lives, His Holy Spirit, right? Even in the midst of prayer, needing the help of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, to remember that all things work for good. All things work for good. And when, I, when we hear that, to make that distinction, all things are not good, all things are not good, but all things work together for good. And so as we walk through our life, as we're going through difficult times, and that's for some of you right now, right now, as you're going through difficult times, to cry out to the Lord and say, God, would you show me? Would you teach me? Would you help me to understand how this is somehow going to be part of your plan? I, I want to encourage you uh, by this, that it, it won't necessarily make sense today. I do believe that God gives us little things that he's teaching us, little things along the way. Uh, I think that to see the grand scheme of things, I don't think we'll see it here in this life. But to remember that even the difficulties of this day, even the heartaches you're dealing with today, that these things are part of the all things that work together for good. God, I ask that you'd help us to understand this and help us to not just understand it in an uh, educational way or a theological way, but that we would understand what you're doing and how powerful you are, your work in our lives, that we might experience that in the midst of the heartaches of this day. God, give us courage and encouragement for the day Help us to uh, walk faithfully with you and joyfully trust you, even when it's scary, even when it doesn't make sense. God, thank you for this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.